This is the Navigating Adult ADHD podcast, here to help you navigate and thrive with ADHD in adulthood. I'm your host, Zena, and I was diagnosed at age 36. As with many ADHDers, I have a rebellious and non-conformist style. And that means that there will likely be swearing in the coming episode. Please be mindful of any little people. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Navigating Adult ADHD. Now, quick life update for you all before we dive into productivity today. I feel like I haven't recorded an episode for ages because I took a week away. I had a week off where I went with my family, so my partner and his three boys. We flew with his extended family to Brisbane in Australia. And we were on a cruise boat for seven days. We cruised from Brisbane up through the Sundays to Cairns and then had a couple of days there and came back. So had a couple of at-sea days. And <laughs> uh, thank you to the cruise ship, I caught COVID. <laughs> so at the end of the cruise, I like, you know, went, the boys had a wonderful time. All you can eat jelly. And I'm telling you, they can eat a lot of jelly for dinner and pancakes for breakfast. It was wild. They loved it. Anyway, we came back and one of the boys started to get sick on the last day. And I think the cabin next to us, they may have had COVID because every day they had meal trays outside their room and somebody had confirmed that there was COVID on our floor. Anyway, it's going to be expected on a ship, right? So... Yeah, we came home and I think two days after being home, I had a day at work and I felt great. And then the second day back at work, I was like, oh, I'm not feeling too great. Did a COVID test and I was positive. I was like, God damn it. (laughs) A couple of days off and we're back. So hence the uh, funny tone of voice today. I'm still getting over like the kind of nasally thing and feeling like a million dollars, even though my voice may not sound it. But yeah, had a great time. There were 13 of us on this cruise and it was my first time cruising. I have done a lot of travel all over the world, much of that solo. I'm a huge advocate for solo female travel and cruising is definitely not my preferred method of travel yet. It may change as I get older, but I must say it was a great experience with a lot of memories and some really cool things that we were able to do with the kids, which is awesome. So yeah, quick life update. All right. (laughs) I really enjoy it when I hear other podcasters that I feel like I'm getting to know give those little updates. So I'm going to sprinkle them in for you. All right. Today we're talking about productivity with ADHD and I'm going to share with you five steps for how you can be more productive. Don't worry, they are super simple. I want you to think about how many fancy calendars or colorful planners you have brought over the years thinking that they were what you needed. I even see now there are adverts targeted very well towards me for neurodivergent planners or ADHD specific planners and calendaring systems. Now there is a dopamine high that we get when we buy another planner or calendar or system and I definitely get another boost of dopamine the first generally only time that I use it. Now these things do not magically change our life or make us more productive okay 
Often they end up being another thing in the wardrobe collecting dust with all the other planners. Does that sound familiar? Just the other day, I actually donated yet another wall planner. So it was, it broke it down into days of the week. It had like Monday through Sunday and then there was this like little box I think on the right hand side where you could write like additional to-dos or something and so I had that stuck up on my office wall and it was something that you wrote on with a whiteboard marker and I was like oh this is gonna be so great and I bought it ages ago but just the other day it got donated to the op shop (laughs) because the reality was I did use it once I mean I wrote on it once I wouldn't say I used it but I know I wrote on it and then it just looked pretty on my wall for a while So in this episode, we're actually going to talk about what it takes to be more productive. And the answer isn't more planners or calendars or, you know, miracle systems. Okay, now I'm quite possibly going to shock you with some of what you hear today about productivity. But before we talk about that and the five steps, we need to talk about the morality attached to productivity. Getting lots of shit done does not make you a better or worse human. I just want that to sink in. Your level of productivity has nothing, I repeat, nothing to do with your self-worth. Now, this can be a difficult thing to accept And I want to acknowledge that because this took me a long time to accept because we have been socialized to think that we should be productive. We should be able to get a lot done in a day and we should be able to, air quotes, keep up with the Joneses. There is an extra layer for women socialized in our world thinking that we need to do all the things for our kids and keep on top of the home and making sure it's tidy and clean and our family's well fed and taken care of and all of this. So I get that this can be tricky, but I think we can all agree that you never get crowned queen for a day because you were productive. There is no reward. And in fact, for most people who pursue this constant state of productivity, they actually reach a level called burnout. So a lot of the clients that come to me are often on the verge of dopamine debt. Got a whole episode on that, aka ADHD burnout, because they've been working so hard to be more productive. And as a result, becoming less productive as they try harder and harder and they deplete their dopamine reserves. So let's get one thing straight. Your level of productivity does not make you a better person. Take the morality out of how much you do or do not get done in a day. Okay. All right, my friend, here are the five things to be more productive. Number one, this might shock you. Number one, do less in order to accomplish more. I want you to imagine that you have a jug of water and you have 20 paper cups sitting in front of you and you are trying to fill them all up. 
Spreading that one jug of water across 20 cups is going to result in each cup having a very small amount of water, if any water at all, and then none left in the jug. Now, imagine if you've got four paper cups in front of you with that jug of water, and you're able to fill those four cups up and still have water left in the jug. When we try to do everything, we end up doing very little. Sometimes even nothing. Nothing actually gets accomplished or done, finished. Now that jug is also a visual picture of how much dopamine we have. When we try to spend it on 20 different things, we run out of it very quickly. But when we spend our dopamine on less things, we achieve more. And we can also have some left over in the tank to go and spend elsewhere. So today when I sat down at my desk at 8.30am, I thought of a million things that I could do today. And I made a list of my non-negotiables. So I have three client calls today that were on my calendar. I wrote those on my list. I also needed to get this podcast drafted and recorded, edited and uploaded. I wrote that on my list. Then I also wanted to turn the podcast into an email and some social media posts. So I wrote those things on my lists. Now, I added to my running list of could-dos. Yes, I have a could-do list. And I added things like draft a new email sequence and plan 2024 goals and outline podcasts that I need to get on top of ahead of Christmas. I have an ongoing could-do list that I capture all of my thoughts and ideas on. Okay, now that leads beautifully into number two, which is, and don't worry, I'm going to recap all of these at the end. Number two is remove the number of steps and simplify. Now, we know that our brains, our ADHD brains, are dopamine driven. And we make decisions based on the level of dopamine that something is both going to cost us and also give us in return. Okay, so for example, I hate to wash my hair. I love having hot showers, but washing my hair, that's not fun for me. I don't like it. It always takes away from the amount of dopamine that I get from a shower because for me, having a hot shower is a joyful experience. It gives me a lot of dopamine. But as soon as I need to wash my hair, that requires removing the joy from my hot shower experience and a whole bunch of different steps. Steps like I need to, you know, undress and get in the shower. I need to get my hair wet. I need to apply and rub in the shampoo. I need to rinse off the shampoo. I then need to apply more shampoo and rub it in. Then I need to rinse off that shampoo. Then I need to apply conditioner and rub in. Then I need to brush in the conditioner. Then I need to wash off the conditioner. Have you tuned out yet? You get it, right? It's a lot of steps. But that's the point I'm trying to make. There are so many steps that it sometimes sounds overwhelming or like it's going to cost so much dopamine up front that I'm not going to get any dopamine in return or not enough to make it worthwhile doing. Okay, so another way to think about this is 
Like I'm paying $1 of dopamine for every single step involved. And then I'm paying, let's say there's 10 steps, I'm paying 10 dopamine dollars, but I'm not getting any dopamine dollars back in return. Therefore, my brain would like to avoid this activity for as long as possible. Everything we do costs us dopamine. And it also often produces a return. Not always. However, when we can't see or, you know, when we can't visualize a return on that investment or we don't know what that could be, that return on investment, when we can't see that, we are much less likely to engage in that activity or procrastinate it, avoid it as long as possible. Which makes sense, right? Given how our brains work and the dopamine drive that we have. So how can we actually improve our productivity here? Okay, three different things we can do. Number one, we can remove the number of steps. Number two is we can simplify it. And number three is we can show ourselves the reward, visualize the reward. Okay, so... How I've done this in this example of washing my hair is I removed a bunch of steps. I no longer blow dry and straighten my hair after I wash it. Okay. I removed those steps to make it less taxing. Also, I don't follow the, I don't know, societal rules or the, the, the rules that most women follow when it comes to washing their hair. I don't give a shit about how often everyone else washes it. I wash my hair approximately every two weeks. I let it get greasy. And you know what? It's just not an issue for me. It's just not an issue. I also time it so that when I do visit the hairdresser, which is for me every second month, every like roughly eight weeks, I go to the hairdresser. I time it so that I don't have to wash it ahead of time. It's like I time it so that she does that whole process and I don't have to. So those are some of the ways I've removed some of the steps and simplified it for myself. Now, in terms of showing myself the reward, I love to have straight hair. I naturally have thick, wavy hair, like really thick, so thick that sometimes like even right now, my office gets like a sauna and I've had to put my hair up in a ponytail because it was just too hot to have it out. Okay. But I love having straight hair. I feel good when I have it straight and The best time for my hair is a couple of days after I've washed it, when I actually get to straightening it, I let it dry naturally and then I straighten it, spend about 15 minutes in the bathroom whilst watching Netflix, straightening my hair. For that kind of anywhere from, I would say, four to seven days, it looks amazing and I don't necessarily need to touch it up. And if I do, it's like flick the straighteners through for like two minutes, doesn't take long. Now, I used to have a real negative attachment to straightening my own hair. I would always just wait for the hairdresser to do it. I used to think it takes so long, it's so painful and hard and boring. And then I broke it into four simple steps. I put on Netflix when I did it and I timed it. And I realized it actually only takes me about 15 minutes. My brain was being so dramatic and being like, oh my God, it takes like 45 minutes to an hour and it's so painful and I hate it. But the reality is I actually enjoy watching a show when I do it. I love my Netflix. It's super satisfying for days, even like weeks afterwards, meaning I get this dopamine return for ages afterwards. 
But I really had to show myself that, that the reward that I get as a result of the investment of dopamine makes it so worth doing, which now means straightening my hair is just super easy and simple for me. So again, remove the steps and simplify the process. When we do that, we can actually do more. Now that leads me into number three, which is lower the bar for entry. My friends, we ADHDers are prone to a few things that can hinder our productivity. That is all or nothing thinking and perfectionism. So this could look like if I don't do a full 60 minute workout, then it's just not worth doing. And that leads to no exercise rather than using the 15 minutes that I've got to go for a walk or do a 20 minute leg workout. Okay, it might also look like staying up till 2 a.m. putting, (laughs) putting, that's a new word. (laughs) I love making up words. I'll start again. Staying up till 2 a.m. putting the final finishing touches on an assignment that you've been working on because it's not yet perfect and there are some more that you could do or, or better ways that you could explain things. Which means that the next day you're absolutely exhausted, you're way less productive at work, you you know, oversleep in the morning, which means you skip your walk in the morning and then you're short and snappy with your partner and your ADHD meds don't work as well because you've had less sleep and you're tired, you're exhausted. It's affecting your entire next day, maybe even a couple of days, but then you start worrying about that exam just as much. You're worrying about it just as much as if you'd submitted it at 9pm when it was actually really done. Instead of trying to perfect it for the next five hours, you're worrying about it still. Now, I often work with clients who want to create healthy eating habits and exercise habits. Okay, so I'm going to give you this example. The way that they very often want to approach this sounds like I'm going to exercise every single day for 30 minutes a day and I'm only going to eat 1600 calories every single day. Now, I will ask them. So what does your current exercise and eating look like? And they tell me, well, I go for a walk maybe one to two times a week and I don't track my calories. So I don't actually know how much I eat, but I used to eat 1600 calories back when I was losing weight. So I know that that's what I need to do. So what you're saying is I want to go from the start line straight up to 100 kilometers per hour and speed to the finish line. This is much like saying, hey, I haven't trained for this marathon, but I'm going to start out sprinting. Right, we all know how that ends, and it's not well. But this is exactly what our all or nothing thinking and our perfectionism looks like. It is very sneaky, my friend. Very, very sneaky. So here's what lowering the bar for entry looks like. For that first week, We increase your exercise from the one to two times a week up to three times per week. We start building on that habit. And we start to track your calories each and every day. We don't start aiming for 1600. We start the habit of tracking them every single day. Now, these things are wins. These are things that we can celebrate. These are things that are moving us in the right direction, helping us to maintain momentum, to keep on track, to keep going without burning out, 
by that all or nothing thinking, that perfectionism. Okay. Now, that leads to number four, which is celebrate every single win. You have got to be deliberate in showing your brain what is working and what's going well. Because our brains have a negativity bias that heavily weighs us towards looking at all of the shit, all of what is not working, what we haven't yet done, what we should do, what we haven't yet accomplished, how far behind we are, all of this. And all of that just creates negative thinking, which makes us feel like crap and leads us to doing even less. Okay. When we're so focused on what's not working, what we haven't done and how far we've got to do, we become less productive. We create less of the results that we want in our lives. Okay. Until we train our brains to look at what is working. Okay. Our brains are not going to look for what we're actually doing well at, what's working, what we've accomplished and what progress we've made until we train them to. Okay. And we can do this. We can create new neural pathways in our brain. We can literally rewire our brain to do this shit. Okay. I want you to imagine that you're climbing a ladder, a really tall ladder up to the top of like one of those water towers. Now, I don't have never seen this around me like I just see it on the American movies, right? But you guys can picture it, I'm sure. We've all watched enough TV shows, let's be honest, and movies. So that really tall tower up to the water thingy at the top, okay? When you look up at how far you've got to go, that can often be incredibly discouraging. I've still got so far to go, but my arms hurt. You know, I've had enough. This sucks. I'm never going to get there. I just want to quit. But when you look down, when you look back at how far you've already climbed, it's very different. Oh, actually, I've done pretty well. No wonder my arms hurt. I've come this far. I've actually made a ton of progress. See the difference? There is an incredible book on this um, called The Gap and the Gain, I believe by Dan Sullivan. Incredible book. I remember it's probably the book I highlighted the most. Mm, Second to Louise Hayes, but it is an incredible book. It's called The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan. And it talks about and teaches us how to do this, how to look at how far we've come and focus on that rather than how far we've got to go. Because we gain more momentum and we make more progress. We become more productive when we're looking at that and focusing on that and those wins rather than oh my god I've got so far to go this is gonna take forever all of that okay um also there's a reason I start every single client session with wins if you are one of my clients if you've ever been one of my clients or maybe in the future you will be every single time we hop on a call hey how's it going and then it's great let's start out with the wins What's gone well this week? What can we celebrate for you? What's working? And initially, like clients might like try and keep track of this or they forget. And, you know, like often it goes by the way. So then, oh, shit, I totally forgot I had to do this. But as we get further and further into our sessions, it becomes very habitual and they've started looking through it in their days and weeks. And it becomes very easy for them to articulate and communicate what their wins are because their brain has started looking for it and focusing on it. It's beautiful. Number five is manage your mind. 
one of my favorites <laughs> and so much of the work I help my clients to do. So we've talked about it here on the podcast before, okay? What drives all of our actions is how we feel, okay? How we feel drives all of our actions. So the question then becomes what determines how we feel? And that is what we think, okay? What we think determines how we feel. How we feel determines what we do or don't do. So in order to create more productivity, more actions, we need to pay attention to how we feel, the fuel that we are using to drive our actions. Many of you, my friends, are trying to use dirty fuel to drive yourself. So this looks like thinking, I should be doing more, which my brain loves to try and offer me this one. But when I think I should be doing more, it just makes me feel so much pressure. Or thinking, I have so much I need to get done, which creates a feeling of overwhelm. Or thinking, I should have done all of this by now, which creates a feeling of shame. Those feelings of pressure, overwhelm, shame, and their dirty little cousins, frustration and guilt, they create less productivity, not more. Okay? It's because those emotions create actions like procrastination or spinning, overthinking, or going in search of something else that feels better to get some relief. Maybe that's, you know, going down to the kitchen to get a snack or phoning a friend or watching a Netflix show or scrolling on your phone. Those actions, those, sorry, those emotions also lead to beating ourselves up. Okay. And this kind of fuel makes things take longer and often it results in things actually not getting completed. So managing your mind isn't about positive thinking. It's about having your own back. It's about speaking to and treating yourself like you would if it was your child or somebody else that you love and care about in your shoes right now. How would you speak to or treat them if they were thinking and feeling this way? So here are some of my favorite thoughts that generate positive emotions or what I like to call clean fuel that help me to be more productive. Okay. And you can borrow these, you can play with them, try them on, whatever, run with them. Done is better than perfect. Every single time. And I wouldn't get this podcast out into the world for you all if I try to perfect it because it is by no means perfect, but it is done. And I believe, and this is another thought that helps me to be productive, is it'll help at least one person. And that makes it so worth doing. Okay, so done is better than perfect. The next one is just do five minutes. When I like look at the laundry and you know, we've got, I think, three loads of clean washing from our trip away. We've got three loads of clean washing that need folding. There's another load hanging on the line right now, drying. There's another load in the washing machine. Like there's all this washing, right? When I look at that and I'm like, oh my God, I got to fold all the washing. I often will say to myself, just do five minutes. 
And sometimes I'll even put a timer on. And five minutes is a win for me. I get to celebrate. Holy shit, I just folded five minutes worth of washing. It's actually a lot more than I thought. Awesome work. Sometimes I'll keep going. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll like, okay, this isn't so bad. I'll put some Netflix on or something. But when I tell myself, look, just do five minutes, it helps me to produce results. It helps me to get started. It helps me to be more productive. Okay. So that thought was just do five minutes. And the next one is not everything has to get done today. We'll talk about this on a future podcast, but our ADHD brains can sometimes have challenges, you know, establishing what's urgent now and, you know, what's a priority now versus what's actually not really a priority now. So it really helps me to remind myself, like, not everything has to get done today. Because sometimes my brain panics and it freaks out and it's like, ah, we've got to get all this shit done. It's like, no, 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 no. Not everything has to get done today. And that is quite calming for me. It's just a really good reminder. Okay. There's always tomorrow. There's always later. It's okay. It's not going anywhere. Next one is I can do hard things. I have to remind myself of that often. I can do hard things. Next one is I love you no matter what. Sometimes I need to remind myself that even if, you know, let's just say this podcast didn't turn out the way I wanted it. I'll be honest. I think it's going great, but... (laughs) Let's just say it didn't turn out the way I wanted. And I was like, I don't want to sit here and re-record it. You know, it is done, so it is better than perfect. Sometimes it just helps to remind myself, you know what? I love you no matter what. Even if somebody gave you some really negative feedback about that episode, or even if, you know, it wasn't up to the standard that your podcast usually are, that's okay. I love you no matter what. Okay. Another one here is I'm doing better than I realize. So often I show this to my clients, like when we're going through the wins, they'll often kind of realize, oh yeah, actually I'm doing more than I realize, or I am doing better than I realize, or actually, yeah, like I've come really far in that. It's one of the reasons why I do like an intake at the beginning before we start working together so that we can actually see their progress and I can show them it. Because we, as I said, have that negativity bias. We're so focused on all the things that aren't working. We haven't done all of that. So sometimes I just like to remind myself, I'm doing better than I realize. And so often people reflect that back to me like, oh my God, that's amazing. Or I can't believe you got to speak at that event. Or, oh my God, look at your podcast. Or look at this, like you're doing so well. And it's like, okay, sometimes I need to let that sink in. I am doing better than I realize. Okay. And the last one on my list is you matter. Sometimes I need to remind myself of this because I can get very caught up in the doing and forget to just allow myself to breathe or have a break or go outside and get five minutes of sunshine or put my feet in the grass or just you know go cuddle a cat like I'm allowed to do that because I matter okay so you are welcome to borrow and play with any of those thoughts and those thoughts they create emotions for me like certainty confidence acceptance a feeling of supportedness they also create this emotion I couldn't really think of what the name was but it's like doable it it makes something feel doable whatever that emotion is and also the emotion of momentum so really good clean fuel to go and take action and produce results from again managing your mind isn't about just positive thinking It's about having your own back, okay? So my friends, let's recap. Remember, take the morality right out of it. 
productivity has nothing to do with self-worth. Number one, do less to accomplish more. Number two, remove the number of steps and simplify it. Number three, lower the bar for entry. Number four, celebrate every single win. Focus on what is working. And number five is manage your mind. Again, productivity as a whole is so much more about having your own back and it's about the way in which you speak to and treat yourself much more than it is about the actions that you're actually taking because the way you speak to and treat yourself is going to determine the actions you take. Okay, huge, huge love, my friend. Take care out there. I'll speak to you soon. Hey, friend. I know exactly what it's like to feel frustrated and confused with your ADHD and to wish that you could better understand what the hell is going on in your brain. And that's exactly why I created my coaching program, Thriving with ADHD. Inside Thriving with ADHD, you learn a step-by-step process to set and finally achieve your goals, to understand yourself and your ADHD. It's where you learn to feel better and manage your emotions and create systems and processes that work for you with your ADHD brain. This is designed for you to learn how to thrive with ADHD so you can create the life that you were meant to live. Visit xenajones.com ADHD to learn more and book a consultation.